Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I like that energy. Yeah. That's just fun. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am the tinfoil hat wearing Jay. And I am the munchin' Emily. That's a good one. And together we're with the Corn Podcast. So this episode's going to be a little different. Joe and Jennifer from 222 Paranormal. I've uh, come on and join us. It's kind of like a show swap thing where we're combining both our shows. It's more of a relaxed conversation. So you're going to hear that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's already been recorded separate from this intro. I like to be transparent. Nobody can hear us right now. No way. So I can do this. I just like adding the sound buttons when I can get them in there. <laughs> but no. Uh, you, can't, you can't stop it early. <laughs> Uh, so it was going too this long. This is for a me. really good episode. We really enjoyed our talk with Joe and Jennifer. Um, yeah, you guys are gonna have a, a lot of fun with this. It's a good mix. You know, we don't do a lot of ghost stuff on our show, so you get a lot of really cool ghost stories. We talk cryptids. We talk ghosts. We we try, but uh, you know me, I have the aversion for of, the phantom. Right. Yes. The, the nether realm. All right, guys. Well, please enjoy the show. Remember. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave a review if you're feeling inclined. Yes. Look at our Patreon. Look at Patreon. Sam the Sundown Clown came out last week. I don't know what came out this week because this is time travel. Uh, but yeah, join our Facebook page. We're always giving stuff away on there. We pretty much, I think we've had less time not giving stuff away than we have giving stuff away. That's probably that's true. A, so that's that's a fun Facebook page. Yes. If I got random stuff in the mail all the time, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy the show. And with us today, we have Justin, Jay, and Emily with from Cryptids of the Corn. Here's the crew. Welcome, guys. Hey. hey. Hello. And so, hello, guys. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Oh, living the dream. Yep, fantastic. Every day. And we're doing something a little different, uh, a little different for our listeners. We are doing a show swap, which means... We're not interviewing them, and they're not interviewing us. We're just talking. Just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chillaxing. So I'm Joe, and this is my sister, Jen. We are the 222 Paranormal Podcast here talking with Cryptids of the Corn. Finally. <laughs> Got to Finally get out. to talk to you guys. Yeah. We get to see you at the conventions, but we never get to record because you guys are recording your shows, and we're mm-hmm. recording ours. Yeah. So it's about time we get together and do it, yeah, right? Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely. So, Cryptids of the Corn. Yes. What's up with that name? Okay. So, we had the artwork before we had the name. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our famous is Harry the Bigfoot standing in the middle of the cornfield. Because uh, we're from the same area, northwest Ohio. We pretty much have nothing but corn. 
And when you look at all the cryptid stuff, it really seems like to be one of the more forgotten areas. You know, everybody talks about Appalachia. Everybody talks about the Pacific Northwest. The Midwest has tons of one-off weird cryptids, Bigfoot, Dogman. So that's kind of how that came to be, is that I would drew this picture, and I sent it to a guy in Sweden, and he gave us back the artwork. And then we finally just like, well, we want to talk about cryptids, and we have corn. <laughs> just so kinda, there we go. Kind of came together. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, knee high by the 4th of July, right? Yep, absolutely. You know, what's interesting is um, I was just the other day, I was driving down the street um, in just over the Ohio border in, in Michigan. I was um, cutting through to uh, drop my car off at the, at the body shop and um, the corn was like probably seven or eight foot tall. And, you know, if if there was a cryptid, say maybe a Sasquatch or Bigfoot, at this point, if he's walking through the field, you wouldn't be able to see very much of him. No. And, you know, there's been many reports of seeing that type of cryptid in and around cornfields, mm-hmm. nibbling on some, nibbling on some corn. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's. It was interesting because that area, too, is where my sister had seen a ghost of a Native American on a horse. Wow. And I would think because there has been some kind of paranormal activity over in the, it's off of. Um, I didn't know about this. It's off of Stearns. <laughs> um, you know, you just sometimes you get cryptid sightings in the same place where you have paranormal activity mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we've we've had a gentleman um, tell us that he had an encounter in and about that area. But this was back in the 70s. But it doesn't mean that they can't, you know, migrate around and, and you know, maybe stay in the same area for long periods of time or, you know, follow the food sources around this area, northwest Ohio. Plenty of food mm-hmm. sources, plenty of deer, um, corn. Corn, 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 corn. Yeah. Soy, soy occasional soybean. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, we that have... was an interesting story. You guys might be interested in this one. The um, He came to our garage sale. We were actually saving up money to go to Michigan Paracon a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he came to our garage sale, and he's like, you guys are into paranormal stuff? And we're like, yeah. He's like, oh, I got a story. I'm like, okay. Everybody's got a story. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said that him and his buddy back in the 70s were going through Lambertville, Michigan, which is about three miles north of here. And he said he saw a Bigfoot. And when he saw it, his buddy actually froze and couldn't move. And he said that the Bigfoot finally left and he went back for his buddy and his buddy was still standing there frozen. Like catatonic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says he shook him a couple of times. He kind of came back. And that's one of the discussions that we have is can Bigfoots make people like catatonic? You know, mm-hmm. we I've heard that story a few times and we, yeah. a lot of people think that it's infrasound, but who knows? There we talk we talk about that a lot. because uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of stories and I think it very well could be a big mix of things. Yeah. Well the infrasound can cause that in humans. Uh, a low, a lower range infrasound, not a higher range infrasound. That, the higher range is when you're, you know, you're peeing yourself and you're passing out and throwing up that kind of stuff. But also, I think it's 
shell shock is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Is that you're face to face with, you know, a creature easily, you know, at the smaller side, four to five times your size. And you, most humans go their whole life now without ever feeling like prey. Yeah. And that situation puts you back in that primal mindset of I'm no longer apex. I'm no longer on top. Mm-hmm. Very quick. I don't know. What do you guys think? I was kind of had the same thoughts, almost like if you were to see a tiger or something out yeah. in the wild and it's just you and it there, you know, you might just freeze up mm-hmm. and just be frozen there. If it's just something that simple, but they might, I think they do have some I ability to induce fear maybe, or mm-hmm. just, just raise your, I don't know, your nervousness, your, uh, anxiety things like that mm-hmm. I mean, well we do know that you know a lot of larger mammals put out infrasound yes mm-hmm. like whales and whales stuff like elephants that. uh tigers mm-hmm. even can produce it uh yeah. tigers so, are actually known to use it to st- uh, stun little deer and stuff like that so they well, get really? closer yep mm-hmm. uh it, it and we're finding more and more out about that uh all the time it's it's infrasound is a relatively new unstudied phenomenon well not new but new to the science world of actually being heavily dissected. Like uh, we talked about on the episode one time, like the suicide cliffs out in California. Yeah. And that's, they didn't know about that until what was causing it to like, what was it? 17, 2017, something like that. I can't remember the it year. Was, it was quite. super recent. recent. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, so they just moved the gas station because people would stop and get their gas and be exposed that, uh, that natural infrasound, per, you know, production. And, if they had any kind of suicidal tendencies, then, then they you know, it, it was easier mm-hmm. to be pushed over the edge. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. And when you said that, I was thinking about that bridge that all the dogs jump off of. I can't think of the name of it. I think it's in Britain. It's a, there's a suicide bridge that dogs jump off of. Yeah. I've seen huh. that. That one's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what's going on there? But you know, we, we talk about Bigfoot a lot. Yeah. And there's so many things with Bigfoot. Like we just learned at one of the conventions we went to a few weeks ago or probably about two months ago is their hair. They believe that their hair is, some of them are clear. Mm-hmm. Double and coat. They, yeah, exactly. Like the, um, like polar, the bear. polar bears. Yep. And they say that that's one of the reasons they think that, people see them vanish is the hair actually changes and it's almost like a camouflage yep. and you know, they can camouflage, you know, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the, uh, it's like a moose. Mm-hmm. Moose are huge, but they could be standing in the woods. You wouldn't even see them. Right. Because they I've been really close to wild elk and I've been more close than we were comfortable with because we didn't know they were there. And there was mm-hmm. 30 of them. You know, that's wow. it. that's an 800-pound deer yeah. that you don't know is 30 feet from you. And because they're just, they don't want you, to, or they're not making themselves known. I don't think they were hiding in that spot. Like, they weren't hiding, but we still didn't know they were there. Hmm. Now, like you're saying, so the double coat thing, we do, have, like you said, polar bears, but there are a lot of actual other animals that have, like, muscle groupings on those fur. So, like, when we get goosebumps, that's actually the muscle groups on your on your hair. Uh, so they think that, I've heard that where they think that outer coat will actually raise, letting it go kind of clear, and you're seeing the inner coat, which is probably darker. So that's why okay. they say like Sasquatch, you know, when they're out walking, 
sometimes they have that ready brown and then they go into the shadows and they kind of melt oh and that's because they're opening up that uh, that deeper fur coat which is probably a darker color so they can kind of blend in there's so much, you know. I mean, I we talk to people that say that they talk to them and all that, and that, but nobody's actually that we know of produced one that we can look at, and right. just intrigue is so high mm-hmm. because there's so many different things that we think about them, yeah, but we don't really know. Yeah, nobody knows anything. We no. say that all the time in the show. There's no such thing as a Bigfoot expert. Mm-hmm. Right, oh yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. it's Same all speculation. That's one of the big things going around our little inner circle is right now is the paranormal. We don't know anything. We talk about that all the time. We really don't know anything. We speculate everything, but there's no scientific proof that we can show. Right, right. Even though um, Jen lives in a haunted house, and she, we've seen a lot of things in her house. I've seen stuff here. I woke up one night with a like a seven foot shadow figure leaning over me. Ugh. I've had, um, I woke up one night and there was a red shadow figure at the end of my bed. Hmm. So we see stuff, but we can't prove it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right. Cause even with like cameras and technology today, it doesn't always pick up exactly what you're even seeing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It might yeah. just look like a blob or something, but you see a figure. Mm-hmm. So... And then you put it up on Facebook and draw a big red circle around it. Yeah, so know. the hula hoop effect. <laughs> and they'd be like, that's a hula hoop. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I, I told you off air, but I was a biologist for a, a fisheries biologist. We did eDNA in river systems and literally knew a species of fish were there. Some of my work was endangered species surveys. So we did eDNA. We knew the species was present somewhere in the system. Looked for months and couldn't find it. Hmm. So that's a fish that we know is there. Yeah. And we can't find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have some friends that do mammal surveys and stuff like that, and they have the same experiences. So now for Sasquatch, there's no evidence or, you know, I we lean more towards the cryptid base. But mm-hmm. if you make it even half as smart as somewhere between a chimp and a person, and you don't want to be found, it's not going to be found. People that yeah. go out in the woods that don't want to be found aren't going aren't to yeah. be found. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this thing would probably be a lot better at surviving uh, than yeah. us. So it doesn't need, you know, it doesn't need to come contact with human. If it, you know, it's all, a lot of it's accidental. Or uh, we have the working theory that a lot of the Bigfoot that are seen, if you notice there's a common thing, they're almost always at seven to eight foot tall for the ones that have, like, a lot of contact with the person. They're always at seven to eight foot tall. They have the huge traps. The triangle shape, you know, they always kind of seem male. And it seems really to be juvenile males, and that's all speculation. But juvenile males are these ones that are causing all the trouble. So I've seen a Bigfoot, and that's the uh, the one it fits into, is that okay. kind of, that that type of sighting. Is it, he, well, the whole story's on Eric's show, un- Uncomfortable. That's probably the best telling of it. Yeah. yeah. But um, he was eating grain out of a horse bin. He was taking chickens, and it came to a head one night, and that's when we seen him. And then my dad kind of shot at him, and he took off, and we never seen him again. Okay. But I think they, I think once they get their good scare after being teenagers, uh, they kind of go back to listing what mom and dad says. Yeah. Like, hey, don't go around people. That's a bad. 
I mean, you see that with really any juvenile animal. They mm-hmm. do all kinds of, they, you know, they're playful, which, and they go around different things. But then when they grow up, they're, they're to that mentality of, I got to be careful, you know, I'm scared, or I don't want to say scared, but scared of humans. Mm-hmm. And know how to stay away from them, know how to hide and not come in contact with well, them. I mean, that's that's part of their whole evolution is, you know, survival of the fittest, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you guys had, you know, much, um, I don't know, say reporting or stories or sightings of Dogman in and around this, this area? So we did a we did one episode on the Defiance Dog Man. That was a, a lot early it was on. Actually, what's on my T-shirt? Yep, and uh, <laughs> and that's not too far. That's actually probably splitting the distance between, between us, us, yeah, us and you. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's some reports of them there, but it seems to be they're more not in this area as much. I've, I've casted a lot of nets for interviews and you know eyewitnesses and stuff like that, and it seems. Northwest Ohio, at least, doesn't have a lot of that. You know, you go a little more north into Michigan, you start seeing it again. You go a little south. Hawking Hills, you know, Wayne National Forest does have some dogman sightings. We mm-hmm. actually had a lady when we were eating dinner one night at in Hawking that told us about her dogman sighting. Hmm. Oh. Uh, and it was more of a maned dogman. It was really weird how she described huh. it. Uh, you know, like, a, what's that dog? A Pyrenees? The really fluffy ones? Pyrenees? Mm-hmm. My, I think that's right. So yeah. it kind of had a head like that, uh, where it had this big fluffed, it was all bitch, pitch black, but this big hmm. fluffed mane behind it. But no, I mean, besides the Defiance Dog, man, there's not... Not too much. Mm-mm. I can't think of any, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got the weird Ohio map right next to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, just Defiance Dog, man. Defiance, yeah. Dog man's a weird thing, because... You think about that. It's like, okay, and I know you guys are into cryptids, and you know we know some about cryptids, but it's a weird thing because where does something like that come from? I mean, we think about Bigfoot, and we think, okay, it was a hominid, you know, and that, but Dogman is a completely different breed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you think, well, where do these things come from? And, and other cryptids, too. You think, you know, there's got to be a breeding population of them so that they're, if you see them. Yeah. It's not just going to be one that pops into existence, or maybe it does. <laughs> you know, We we kind of talk about it a lot. We kind of put cryptids into two baskets, two-ish baskets, where the ones that fit into our biosphere, so basically our tree of life that exists on this planet that we know, like Bigfoot, we have animals like the Gigantopithecus uh, mm-hmm. that some people think are Bigfoot, uh, or a relative of Bigfoot, but there, we know for a fact giant apes existed. Our biggest yeah. estimates of Gigantopithecus put him at 16 feet tall. Uh, so that'd put its hands on Bigfoot's shoulders and be looking down at it. Yeah. You know, so a Bigfoot makes biological sense. Uh, but like you're talking like Dogman and oh, Emily's the Squonk, the Screaming Maggot of Indiana. You have these weird cryptids that don't fit into biological spheres, or, or at least yeah. our biological sphere. And we kind of always talk about that maybe interdimensional accidents yeah is that some of these cryptids are not willingly wanting to be here or you know like uh like there's all kinds of weird ones what are you talking about mothman well mothman was probably the biggest example that we went into the most in depth about <clears throat> being interdimensional at least but also even with dogman i think 
uh, you know, there's stories of curses, things like that. Shapeshifters, um, people, you know, transforming in the dogmen, or even like werewolves. You know, is there a difference mm-hmm. between dogmen and werewolves? You know, there's dogmen's is a, it's a big can of worms, and once you start opening it yeah. up, it's a lot of different variations going on there. I I definitely think dogman fits more into the the paranormal side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it just seems they're always they don't care that you see them most of the time. They're always in a bad mood and they always seem to be doing something or they have a goal in mind. Yeah. Uh, we did a couple stories. What was it? It was well the Beast of Bray Road was one. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of them are messing around with Native American burial mounds. Uh it's just I really think there's something a lot more either spiritual or demonic or interdimensional with the dog man. Right. They always see nobody has a positive dog man experience. No. No. We literally just no, talked people about people we talked to that said that they experienced some same thing. It was never positive. It was never like, oh, we just saw him walking through the woods, you know. Mm-hmm. Frolicking. Wanted to go pet yeah. him. Yeah. So like <laughs> I'd be that person. Let's go pet him. There are negative Bigfoot <laughs> encounters. There are n- mostly neutral Bigfoot encounters. And there are some positive Bigfoot encounters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the more natural-like cryptids kind of fit that kind of... It's mostly neutral. That the animal's just walking by or running from you. Most like There's a lot of these weird one-off cryptids that kind of fit biologically that are just... They see you like, oh, crap, a person. Time to skedaddle. Mm-hmm. But then there's a couple... Dogman's the one that scares me. I, probably the most. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> That's... I don't know. They're Native American curses. That's one people throw around a lot. And I wonder why they would curse, you know. It's not like they were mistreated ever. Right, yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of a long-running joke that we have that, yeah, no wonder they cursed, if they did. And then there's, like, old texts, too, of um, races of, like, dog people, dog men, people with dog heads and things like that, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot about that, but... I. I wonder if it's been in our lore or, you know, our history or the zeitgeist, you'd say, mm-hmm. for longer than we even realize. Yeah. Wasn't Anubis half or had a dog head? Was that yeah, it's like a yeah. jackal head, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they were 5,000, 6,000 years ago, they were making paintings about them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Where, and if they are inter- interdimensional, can they come to any timeline? Right. You know, we don't mm-hmm. know. Right, we don't know. It seems like mm-hmm. with all these, when it comes to paranormal and cryptids in general, it's like there's a whole layer of something that's just missing from the equation. You know, that might yeah. tie all of them together, but we don't really know what that thing is. Or I don't, you know, I don't know what it is that ties them all together, but they all seem to be like related somehow, but we don't know how or why. Yeah. I think Jen kind of said it at the beginning of the recording that, we we kind of talk about it sometimes, like how uh, ghost lights are seen in you know incongruence with Bigfoot sightings, or vice versa. You know, you have the orb, and then you mm-hmm. see Bigfoot, or you know, you see them together. Are, are these two separate entities that are just habitating the same area? Are they working together, or is the is it the same thing? Like a hotspot area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we talk. Yeah, we talk about portal areas a lot. Like, well, you know. Uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, for example, has everything from 80-foot-long snakes to Bigfoots to Native American ghosts to, uh, you know... Puck wedgies. Cr- puck wedgies and curses and swamps that swallow boats. You know, and it's... To me, it's like, are are we actually seeing that, or is it just like a, um apparition 
that some spirit put on the land and instead mm-hmm. of actually being an actual physical thing it looks like it to humans as like an apparition like like you were saying if the uh, native americans put a curse on the land and the curse would be if someone comes in here they see the their worst fear yeah mm-hmm. we Ooh. we just did a a ufo episode that's not out yet we won't spoil that but we kind of put that idea out there that some of this phenomena may be heavily subjective to the person's mind mm-hmm. and how some people have similar like the same they're encountering the same thing at the same time and the bulk of it's the same but the end of the experiences are very different yeah and it could be we kind of talk about is well kind of you're putting that energy out there and whatever this thing is on the other side is using that to project itself yeah uh and the puck we see that a lot in the- sorry oh no i was gonna say we see that a lot in the paranormal side where people are talking about a haunted location and there's no record of any deaths or nothing like that at this location. Mm-hmm. But so many people say it's haunted. We almost think that they actually make, um, egre- I think it's egregores, they call it. It's like the talpa is a thing in their mind mm-hmm. that they create. It's sort of like an alter ego. And then if it becomes a physical being, it's called an egregore. And we're wondering if so many people go to these locations and say, it's haunted, it's haunted, it's haunted. They're actually creating that haunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, that's where I, I wonder if cryptid-wise, people are saying like uh, Skinwalker Ranch or stuff like that. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in these locations. But everybody says a lot of stuff happens in those locations also. So is it one and the same? We don't know. It's almost like a chicken in the egg. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I could see a lot of that. We kind of talk about on the cryptid side of it is that so one of our big research areas that we go out and actually do stuff in is Hocking Hills. Uh, me and Emily went to school down there, so it's just an area we feel more confident in because we've just spent a lot of time out there. Uh, but I cannot tell you how many people go down there. So it's become kind of a Bigfoot like like there's Bigfoot in Walmart. There's a Bigfoot mural actually painted inside the Walmart there. Okay. Uh, so you have this image of Bigfoot put everywhere in front of you. So not paranormal, but you, everything you see is Bigfoot. I can't tell you how many, yeah. you know, a couple trees fall together. That's Bigfoot. You <laughs> right. know, every half little indent in the, in the ground is a Bigfoot track. Every broken branch is a tree break. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, I got to show you pictures. And they show you all these pictures and you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 awesome. It's like we live in Ohio. Tree bending is caused by snow. Right. Nice. Right. You know, we have, I walk in a park not even five miles from my house here. It's in the middle of the city, and there's tree bends all over the place. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. almost complete, almost like half circle bends. And it's like it's not big, but it's the weather. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't discount discount all claims though because it's it's very possible that you would have a very unusual tree break Mm -hmm. um that may or may not you know be explained by weather or or anything else and you know to that person that's something like you know that's exciting to them that that like makes them a part of it like i think i saw this or 
you know, this might be evidence. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, no, it's not, no, it's not. To them, it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. We never tell anybody it's not, but. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of photos of a lot of Bigfoot stuff mm-hmm. that's not Bigfoot stuff. Or, or yeah. It can be more easily explained by natural causes, like you're saying snow and, uh-huh. yeah. There's a um, site on Facebook called Tree Stunt, Old Tree Stunts That Look Like Bigfoot. Oh, I've really? seen yeah. it. Really? <laughs> yes. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. That, that's, um, I was driving to Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and I was going fishing. They had to take this old dirt trail. It's about a 45-minute ride down this dirt trail, and I'm driving my car by myself. And as I'm, I'm flying down this thing, and I seen this big black figure, and I slam oh. on my brakes. And I slide for about 30 feet, stop my car, throw it in reverse, and I'm backing up, backing up, backing up. It's a big tree that's turned over the root wad. <laughs> Sit up. It was black. Like, it was black dirt, but it looked had a, hum- it had a, a hominid figure to it. And, I, oh, dang it. I was all excited. Jay's been chasing his Bigfoot experience for a long time. The only thing he has is an alien abduction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the, so Justin thinks. I think it was a sleepwalking bout. I'll tell you that story real quick, because that's a pretty good one. Okay. We were doing what was the Williard Williard Ohio UFO? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a really that's a really kind of sad story for UFO encounters cuz it tore family apart. They were messing with the kids, they were messing with the dad and the mom. Uh but it kind of went through all these abduction stuff up for the kids of how they, you know, wake up pretty much either with their clothes on backwards or no clothes and they'd be like really tucked into bed like unmove you can't move like you couldn't tuck yourself into bed like that yeah and we're going through this and jay's like huh that happened that happened to me once at my grandparents yeah like all my clothes were in the chair i was naked in bed tucked in yeah tucked in tight like tight and i'm like oh my and we like in the middle there's like a 15 second pause we're like you were abducted by freaking aliens yeah need to have some hypnosis therapy and find out what's going on there I just know in that point in my life, I was sleepwalking a lot, so I never thought anything of it, because I always, we was always getting told, like, oh, yeah, we have to put you to bed, because you were sleepwalking again. It's like, oh. I even sleptwalking in a movie theater. I fell asleep in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a funny experience, too. You can't tuck yourself in like that. Well, that's why I thought just someone else did it. I don't know. I'm just glad we Never thought anything of it until we were talking about it. I know. That was, like, right in the middle of an episode we're recording. You're like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what? <laughs> yeah, but right. it's interesting though that you know having a conversation about one thing sparks a memory of something that you didn't remember, and you know who's to say that there couldn't be some validity to that? You know, like, yeah, I take, I take a magnet and run it over your body, make sure you don't have any metal implants. Mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> I, I got a big neodymium one upstairs. If we find metal, it'll come out. Yeah, if it sticks to my bag. Right. I'm like, you're going to hypnotherapy. <laughs> we'll put that on an episode. Don't take it out because you want to trace it. Yeah. <laughs> You've been chipped. <laughs> Great. My biggest fear. Oh, <laughs> oh man. to get hard. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I hope yeah. not. I'm I'm gonna cross my fingers and just hope not. Yeah, you were. Yeah, 
<laughs> there, and then there's the Justin. Content, yep, you were. Content the show. You get a good book out of that. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're definitely right. <laughs> but yeah, there's that... a next Travis Walton. <laughs> there you go. The next Travis Walton. And maybe, maybe one day. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> so, just want to switch a little bit back to something you had mentioned about doing the um, eDNA. Oh yeah, that's everybody's favorite thing. Every time it pops yeah. up, is it? I you know I just you know I know that they've done that in Loch Ness. Yes, uh, that's, yeah. so that's Loch Ness is one of my college thesis papers. Oh, let's talk about it. Uh, so I'm a big lake monster guy. That's his yeah. baby. Obviously, his I'm a, I was a fishery blood. biologist. <laughs> I love amphibians. I love fish. So lake monsters are where that goes. Uh, so the eDNA survey, so um, I want, let me explain eDNA a little bit real quick. It's very new. Uh, this type of DNA survey um, still has a lot of problems. Everybody kind of talks about it being like the, the end-all biological surveying tool. It's still new. It's in its infancy as a tool. Mm-hmm. It's still very useful today, but it has a lot of problems. It's really, it's, it's too sensitive and it's not selective. So what you do is you take a water sample for the watershed. So everybody at home that may not know, a watershed is every, for this, like, it's the from the biggest river to the smallest creek and that are all connected and all the ground that flows into that. You take a sample from there and you can get every DNA sequence from that watershed. Uh, so that's, you know, sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands of species. And it, it's kind of depending on what you're looking for. You know, you can be selective if you want plant. You can be selective if you want animal or, you know, even more like insect. But that's pretty much it. Like, you can't be, you can't really narrow it down. You just get all that information. Uh, so when they did the Loch Ness eDNA, they did get three unidentified eel species. So we could tell that the DNA sequences were from a species of eel. Uh, Loch Ness has, I think, six species currently in it of eel that we know about. So that was not a big surprise. But there's uh, an eel that's all over pretty much uh, every ocean, I believe, but really is in the Atlantic the mostly, is the conger eel. It's our biggest member of the eel species we know about today. Uh, They used to just top out at like 13 feet long, 300 pounds. But now we have some individuals getting up to like 17, 18, 19 feet long, 7, 800 pounds. Uh, and we're not really sure why they are growing bigger in modern day. They're one of the few fish that are doing better with people around. Mm. Um, So what that means is there are three species of eel that are in Loch Ness that aren't identified. But here's the negative to that. Uh, We like to play devil's advocate a lot. Mm -hmm. That just means they weren't species that they were expecting to find there. It doesn't mean that those DNA sequences aren't already ID'd somewhere else. So let's say it's a yellow eel from New Zealand. It's a cousin of the long fin eels that live there. Uh, but let's say it's that some weird accident, it got into that lake. So that would not be a species they're testing for. Okay. So when you hear unidentified, it just means the little sample group of species they're expecting to find, it wasn't one of those. It doesn't mean it's a new species necessarily. Okay. It can mean it's a new species, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it. just means they weren't testing for it. Interesting. Now, mm-hmm. have they done anything like that in 
in the Great Lakes that you know of? Yeah, I've done it in the Great Lakes. Okay. What's the largest what's the largest uh fish or mammal or whatever in in the Great Lakes? Uh so by by length it would either be the muskellunge or the muskie or the lake sturgeon. By weight it's definitely the lake sturgeon. Okay. Uh, they are endangered in Ohio, but they are making an okay comeback. Uh, they're right now they're pretty much topping out at like six feet, two hundred pounds. Okay, six feet. Okay. Uh, they take forever to to grow. Their lifespan is forever. Yeah, two hundred years so, normally for a lake sturgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at their cousins, the white sturgeons out west. Uh, we think they can live in their four to five hundreds, wow. and they used to get nineteen to twenty feet long and up to five thousand pounds. Now oh. we're finding uh, most individuals are staying. A really, really big one right now and today is around the 16 foot mark. And you know that, you know, 1,200, 1,500, 1,800 pounds. So they Still are. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so they're a fish species. The white sturgeon out west is a fish species that spends part of its life cycle in freshwater, part of its life cycle in saltwater. And we don't know anything about their saltwater part. Uh, we just know they go to the bottom of the ocean and they hang out somewhere. But for some reason, they need to be 20 to 30, you know, 20, 25 feet long to survive down there. Uh, there's a lot of monsters in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. We have no clue, uh, you know, how much is actually down there. No, no. Not even a fraction of a clue. It's the yeah. hardest area any human has ever tried to study, and that includes space. Space is so much easier. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's negative pressure. Negative negative pressure is a lot easier to deal with. Positive pressure at the bottom of the ocean is very scary. Because uh, th- those deep sea like rover subs uh, and the pilots and the biologists that go down in there are trained basically. If you hear a pin drop, you're dead instantly. Really? Because that's pretty much it means a bolt's coming loose, and pressure you're you're going to be crushed. You know, sometimes it's forty, fifty, sixty thousand pounds per square inch of pressure. Uh, you will be, you know, roughly the size of a tin can. Uh, but Can't we, even imagine. But we have sperm whales that dive that instantly. And it's crazy. Uh, whales, well, sperm whales specifically, have a hydraulic oil system in their skin to keep their bodies from caving in. Uh, we always say nature is crazier than anything man can make up. Yeah, I was going to say, cryptid, we talk about cryptids, and here we are talking about something that we actually know is real, and it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And that's almost in in itself a shape shifting type. I mean, look at you know the octopus, how it can change colors, it can Texture. change shape. They're super smart, mm-hmm. super intelligent. Like, who's to say there isn't something you know land based that has that kind of um, intelligence, ability, camouflage, mm-hmm. and ability, mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen it yet. It- now. Have you guys um, heard of any reports of anything throughout the Great Lakes that would be larger than, say, the sturgeon or the other thing you mentioned, which I forget? (laughs) Muskellunge, muskie, yes. So there's the uh, Lake Erie Chomper, there's South Bay Bessie. South Bay Bessie, yeah. And the Great Lakes are full of giant turtle stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So funny enough, right behind me, if you look, in that fish tank. He's kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. His name's Bosco. He's an alligator <laughs> snapping turtle. He is the largest freshwater species of turtle that lives in the U.S. Uh, he'll get, if he's lucky, you know, he'll get around three 300 pounds. 
Uh, and we don't have any evidence that they made it into the Great Lakes, but historic ranges put them very close, including the Maumee River. Uh, okay. So that is one culprit. Uh, the world record is like 440 pounds and a six-foot-long shell. Holy smokes. Yeah. And we just saw a um, demonstration by Lyle Blackburn. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was showing pictures of the giant turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the skeleton of them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just, like, I can't imagine dealing with something like that. Like, um, now that I think about it, Robin Swoop. Oh, yeah. Told us about he was at a location and... There was, was it in Africa or somewhere? Mm-hmm. There was this big black, like, lake, like 30 or 40 feet around or something, mm-hmm. and it moved. And it's he described it as one of those giant turtles that comes out and eats the cattle and stuff. Oh, wow. And he said that he was at this location, and he saw the water, like, or the mud and all that, like, boil and move and he thinks it it was a giant turtle wow yeah i forgot about that so archelon is the biggest turtle we've ever known about and i believe and i may be off a little bit uh but i believe they got around 30 foot long shells and uh their beaks would have been strong enough to pretty much bite through a car uh they lived in the time when pretty much everything in the ocean was trying to eat them and they were impressed they were still impressive animals but they were at the bottom of the food chain Mm. uh but I think there are there's tons and tons and tons of reports of the Great yeah. Lakes having uh, giant turtles. Uh, I can't remember which of the islands on our part of the of Lake Erie, but there was a room. There's, it's kind of one of those folk stories of a cult worshiping the Great uh, the Lake Erie Great Turtle, oh. and they would sacrifice people to it and everything like that. I think it might have been Kelly's Island. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a, a mid-1800s kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, I have it in one of those books. I was saving it for a turtle episode. That's good folklore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And we love that stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like with the paranormal. That's why we're into it, because the weirder, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Make that a t-shirt. <laughs> the weirder, yeah. the better. Yeah. All right, write that down. Write it down. <laughs> Intellectual yeah. property. You guys write. You guys make your style. We'll make ours. There we go. Okay. <laughs> See you at the next and conference. Weird. Um, let's get weird. Um, you know this area being the Great Black Swamp mm-hmm. and Native. You know, back before it was developed, the Native Americans would not come in northwestern Ohio. They avoided it like the plague. Because they said that there were reports of, um, what did they call it? Wild, not wild men. It was something along that lines. Well, they did call them wild men. There was um, reports of any. They had. There was a name of the cicada or something like that. I can't remember the exact name. It starts with an S. In this area, so like, you know, there was swamp gas, right, Mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. area. It was very deadly. You could go in and just be overcome and and die. There could have been remnants of these type of giant turtles or, Mm -hmm. you know, one or two that lived maybe a a thousand years or something. Bite your butt off when you go in. (laughs) 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 But, um, you know, 
or or some lingering type of you know prehistoric type animal i mean like you think about it you know the woolly mammoths that they just found one yeah in detroit yeah Yeah, just seen that i mean that was like ten thousand what ten thousand years ago that they're estimating that was on here yeah you know just to say there wasn't a couple (laughs) long termers just Mm -hmm. hanging around in the great black swamp but it could also be like we mentioned earlier about how they could be interdimensional and time doesn't matter Right, yeah. They're just popping in and out. I've heard so many stories of little T-Rexes running around as cryptids. We did the Partridge Creek Beast in Canada, which was a T-Rex, or a feathered T-Rex. So this was reported in 64, I believe. I may be wrong, everybody at home. It happens a lot. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) 64, I believe. So 1964, in a really remote part in Canada. So way before we ever thought dinosaurs had feathers. But it was a Mm -hmm. fully feathered T-Rex-like animal. It was killing elk. And the oh. uh, the natives and a few of the white guys in the area were like fed up with this thing because it was eating the animals that they were wanting to eat. Uh, they were all kind of terrified of it. They hunt it down, and they they see it the one time carrying a dead elk in its jaws. And then it kind of just, the tracks stop and the blood stops. You know, it's a 30-foot-long T-Rex, and it just disappears. Like in the it, like almost some people call it a, a ghost dinosaur, but yeah. we kind of always leaned upon that it being more a time slip or something yeah. like that. That he was like, well, these things are a lot easier to kill than what I'm used to eating. Yeah, uh, you know, and I believe that I believe in time slips. Mm-hmm. And another thing too is, you know, a lot of them leave footprints, right? Especially like Bigfoot. Even if big, we don't even know if Bigfoot's in interdimensional, but. It leaves footprints, so it has to weigh something. Right. So it's not like a just an illusion. Right. It's a physical being that pops out of his existence or pops out of our existence. There's Somebody a lot of weird. had mentioned one yeah. time that you know some of these cryptids that um, people have spotted. <laughs> it's kind of a far-fetched theory, but that are sent here as punishment. Oh. Yeah. You know, like the earth is like, you know, you're going to go serve some time. Down well, we know the aliens lock their doors when they just pop come by. You over yeah. I love that comic. <laughs> We're passing earth kids, lock the doors. Right. Exactly. We're putting you on the monkey planet. That was one of the things that Mysterious Universe was talking about is um, the Bigfoots are put here by the orb people as punishment or like, let's say they were the... Uh, the criminals on their planet, so they put them to Earth. Just like um, England sent all their uh, their criminals to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, yes. Yeah. This this planet can be a little rough. Yes. Yeah. I remember the one story I heard from Mysterious Universe. They were talking about um, people seeing Bigfoot sightings, and the one the lady is driving down the street, and all of a sudden. This Bigfoot comes running out in front of her car. She slams on the brakes. The Bigfoot looks at her like in a panic. And it's just like making a gesture like, run, human, run. Oh, yeah. And he runs out and a blue orb comes flying out of the trees and follows him. It's wow. Like, okay. <laughs> there's so much. So it's there's so much. Uh, we call it the woo with Sasquatch. Uh-huh. There's so much you can't ignore. 
Uh, yeah. I always try to come at it with more of a biology in mind, but there's just mm-hmm. too much to say, no, that's all misid or coincidence. You know, yeah. there's literally, I can't tell you how many sightings have a Bigfoot with an orb. Uh, yeah. And then some of the, so we kind of, what was that episode we just did with the Bigfoots and the UFOs? We talked about it. Oh, put me on the spot. I can't Anyways, remember. the Chestnut Ridge incident. Uh, mm. Oh, I think it's when we had that. It was an interview. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so basically, all these Bigfoots that seem to be involved with UFOs uh, always seem to be skinny, more like the, you know, the tall watchers, and they almost always have red eyes. Hmm. So the Sasquatch eye scene had eye reflection, and it was that yeah. chartreuse. Uh, I've not, ex- I've only seen a Sasquatch once, but uh, some people report the red eye glow. Yeah. Uh, which there's only a few handful of animals that have bioluminescent pockets around their eyes that they could uh-huh. produce something. Uh, but red is a really rare color in nature because yeah. most animals don't mess with it. It's, it's uh-huh. just, it's, it's a light that doesn't penetrate very well. If you look at most deep sea fish, they're red. Because it's the color that absorbs the most light, and for them, you know, they're either red or black, and it doesn't shine off very well. Hmm. But I don't. What's I, your, sorry. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the night vision animals that have extra layers in their eyes that... Lucided percodum. What's that? Lucided percodum. Okay. Yeah, it, I... I we um I think it was a lie or someone was talking about how the light actually absorbs in the eye and mm-hmm. makes it look like it's, like it's lit up. Yeah, so mm. they basically have a mirror in their okay. eye to use all available light. Uh, so these creatures, so not all animals use this. Uh, for example, humans don't. It's very rare in primates. Uh, it's really you got to go more to the actual like monkeys and lemurs, and that's old world monkeys. Um, so it's very it's. I we kind of talked about it's not in any great apes, but every animal has its own setup. You know, fish use a similar thing, mammals have it, birds have it, but the eye reflection, like we use it for ID, because uh, each animal has its own unique color. Uh, but eye glow, everybody kind of talks about that. Is like mm-hmm. they're self illuminating. They doesn't feel right. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've been around a mountain lion with eye shine. And we're, that's a whole other story, but it's very odd. You know, you could tell between, eye, and it was very shining, very bright, but you could tell the difference. I, I, well, I haven't seen glow, but I really feel you can tell the difference when you're experiencing that. Red, though, is a color that almost never shows up. Uh, okay. We had it in an episode, and I, I was really struggling finding an, an animal in nature that uses red. Hmm. But there are animals that actually have bioluminescent pockets around their eyes to put out more light for them to use. So it's like oh, having okay. your built-in flashlight. Uh, yeah. So the example, there's a there's hundreds of deep-sea fish that have it, but hatchet fish are the ones that aquariums really like. Pocket sharks. Cookie cutters. That one too. Uh, but they look like their eye. Everybody, you turn off the lights, they look like their eyes glow. And they, their eyes don't glow. It's the skin around their eye. They're putting more light out in their environment to help them see. Hmm. So, I want to talk a little bit about ghosty stuff for your audience. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
me and Jen are into the ghosty side of things. And Jen lives in a haunted house. And she experiences stuff all the time. Like I said, I had stuff happen here in the house. You know, I had the shadow figure over the bed. I had a red shadow figure in my bedroom. Um, the, the When we record, we get weird stuff happen all the time. Yeah. Um, we had a, we were here recording and you can't see it. But I, I'm normally on this side of the table. Jen's on the other side. And I see a blue light go across the hallway out there by the living room. And we're done with our show. So Jen picks up the SB7 spirit box and recorder, and we got one of the most clear EVPs I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Wow. And it sounds like my best friend who passed away. It sounds like her voice going, hey, Joe. Yeah. Aw, that's awesome. I don't have it available for you. I'll send it to you after the show. But um, it's wild. But, Jen, tell them some of the stories that happened to you in your house. <laughs> when I... When I bought that house, uh, I didn't know or realize until maybe two or three years in that, you know, somebody had passed away on the property, um, self-inflicted, I'll say mm. that. Mm. And um, it was it was really interesting because, you know, I would hear whistling in my house. That's kind of how it started off. And my dad was a whistler. And so sometimes I would think my dad was there, so I'd be like in the basement doing laundry or whatever, and I hear this whistle, and I go upstairs, and nobody's there. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe somebody was walking down the street or something, whatever. And then I'd be in the house, and I hear whistles. And then one day I had my mom over, and at this time um, it was just her and I, and we are sitting in the dining room, and we are just reading magazines or whatever, and we heard my dad whistling. And she's like, oh, your dad's here. And I was like, mom, he's not here. Dad doesn't drive anymore. At that time, he, he wasn't able to drive. But it was it was nice validation that somebody else heard it. Hmm, right. Know, I'm crazy. Somebody else heard this. Um, I've had um, my little, I had a three-year-old um, great-niece over, and we were in the basement because at that time I had my computer in the basement, and we were watching videos just sitting on my lap. And she gets up off my lap and she goes over into the other room where I have like the furnace and um, the electrical box, you know, that type of thing. And she's pointing to the to the um, corner of the room going, Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. And I was just like, okay, there's no way there. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, I've seen shadow figures in the house. I've seen a predator type shimmer recently walk through the living room. I've had um, people come over to investigate and have had um, contact with spirits. When we did that investigation, three of us were standing in my bedroom and they were picking up on the spirit of a young man who was murdered in Toledo, not far from my house. Mm-hmm. And he was telling them that you know, the street, the main street that I live off of is like a corridor and like spirits go up and down this corridor, which is really interesting because I live in the five points area. And that was a trade route for the Native Americans. They followed the creeks and the, um, uh, you know, most of the main streets in our town at some point were started off as a path, right? Like, mm-hmm path and then you know it was maybe a horse buggy and then the street got bricked and then it got paved over um so 
he through one of my friends who's a psychic medium and through like some of the devices was confirming that, you know, spirits go up and down this, this area. Um, I was, three of us were in the bedroom and all of a sudden I felt like all my energy was strained. I literally fell against the wall and slid down and I had like no energy. It was like something had drained all the energy out of me. It was the most bizarre thing. Cause it was like just instantly. Mm-hmm. And then I have had, um, uh, <laughs> this is the strangest thing. So I had an elderly neighbor across the street. Her name was Mrs. Hall and she was 94 and she had, um, you know, one of those neighbors where you just, you wave to her, but you know, it wasn't like I was going over and sitting on her porch all the time. And I, it just, you know, like kind of like, hi, how you doing? She came over to the um, how to over my yard one time because she saw my dad and she's like, Jim, Jim. And I, he's like, no, I'm Dick. And she's like, I know my husband worked for Jim. And he's like, well, that's my brother who passed. And so she had passed away in September. I didn't find out until December because at the time I was just like working all the time. Joe and I were traveling. It, it, I was just barely ever home. Mm-hmm. One night, sound asleep, and I remember because I was dreaming, and I was kind of on my side, and I woke up. It, if you've ever been out in an electrical storm or in a thunderstorm, and you feel that total, like, you're way too close to electricity feeling, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, everything's standing up on end, and I roll over, and she's standing in my bedroom, is standing there, and she was milky white. I could see her clear as day but she was misty, milky white. And I looked at her and I was like, I was in shock. I wasn't scared. It didn't scare me, but I was just so in shock. Like, why is she here? Why is Mm -hmm. she in my bedroom? And I rolled over to like, just process it for a second. And I, and then I thought, Oh my God, I should say hi to her. And I rolled back and she was gone. Wow. I'm like, Oh, I felt so bad because she probably thought, oh, she just rolled over one back to sleep. She didn't want to see me. <laughs> I manifest <laughs> myself before you. I know. I felt so bad for a long time. I felt really guilty about that. Um, but I've had other weird things. Um, had uh, <laughs> woke up one night and there was like a really, really creepy clown, scary figure standing over me. And I was like, it shook me awake and I was like, it scared me so bad. I was like, started doing the Lord's prayer and then it went away. And I was like, that had been something that had followed us home from one of our investigations. Cause you know, I up to that point didn't have anything scary or negative in the house. Mm-hmm. And that happened. And I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, I, you know, Joe and I saw a, a shadow figure go right in between us it was kind of like dusk out it wasn't even dark out and we we're staying i was kind of like in one of us was standing in the um dining room and one was in the kitchen you know just kind of in the doorway in between just chit chat about whatever and this thing literally came swishing in between us and we were like what was that <laughs> and both at the same time like what was that? Yeah, it completely blocked us out yeah. from each other. Yeah. Hmm. We're like, hmm, I was just walking okay. through. <laughs> like, all right, that was weird. Yeah, a little bit. 
strange. I mean, we get used to seeing a lot of weird stuff like that because we've been in a lot of different locations Mm -hmm. and seen, seen some stuff, but to be just talking in Jen's house and the thing walking between us, like, excuse me. Yeah. It might've been the lady. It might've been your neighbor going, get out of my way. I've had, um, uh, you know, people come in and, and do, um, investigations and I've had other psychic mediums that I've gone to and said, okay, can you tell me what's in my house? And they're like, well, there's a man spirit and there's two female spirits and there's a spirit of a little boy and a little girl and a couple animals. There's two dogs and a cat. And I'm like, I don't like cats. <laughs> dogs are okay. Um, but you know, it's just, uh, it's just interesting. Cause you know, they said they don't, they don't want to be seen and they don't want to be bothered. They just want to be there. And I'm like, that's fine. Just, you know, as long as you don't scare me. Right. Right. Yeah. You leave me um, alone. I leave you alone. Don't hop out yeah. of the closet in front of me. Yeah. yeah. And I did, there was two other things that weird things that happened. So, um, my, I call him my boyfriend, but he wasn't really my boyfriend, but he was kind of my boyfriend. So somebody I knew very well. And, um, he passed away six months before my dad did from cancer. And I saw him standing in my back bedroom twice. Oh, Jesus. What? Did you see that? There's a cat in your house. I'm sorry, guys. Their cat just showed up in Joe's house. <laughs> wow. You scared me a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh my God. She saw a shadow figure or something. It's a dang cat. There's a little poop in my chair. <laughs> it's the little white one. Oh, There's there a- it goes up that door. There's a black one walking out the back door. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. She scared the hell out of me. Scared the hell out of me, too. I thought she saw a shadow figure or something. Dang cat. (laughs) My knee's actually hurting. I tense so hard. That is funny. (laughs) Oh, that's staying in. Well, yeah. That's gold. Oh, yeah. I'm not editing any of this out. No, we don't edit. I kept seeing something moving, and I thought, I'm just staying. Well, so I got cats, and the white one has been coming closer to the door. I gotta take a picture. (laughs) I just had a heart attack. Yeah, we witnessed. I had a heart attack. Well, I kept seeing something at the corner of my eye, and I was like, I'm just seeing things. You know, I'm like, I'm just, you know, weirding myself out, telling my ghost stories or whatever. And all of a sudden, I see something moving, and it's solid. And see, I can't see because the computer's in front yeah. of me. There's a cat. <laughs> got these wild cats on well, the side. The white one comes on my deck, and it I keep the back door open for the airflow. <laughs> and it's been looking in, but that black one that just walked out, he just wanders around. <laughs> you don't care. And then when he left, I watched him go out the side door here. He just like wandered out, like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm screaming. I'm scaring Jan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, that's going down as weirdest stuff that ever happened <laughs> while we were podcasting. <laughs> so, anyway, so I saw, get back to the story quickly. <laughs> I know I'm rambling, but no, it's all good. Um, <laughs> I saw my friend David standing in my back bedroom twice. And, um, I don't know if he just came to say hello or goodbye or whatever. And then one night I came home. This was maybe two months ago. And I came home and I was like really exhausted. It was one of those days where, you know, you go to work at like six and you don't get home until nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had worked and then went to my mom's and I came home and I was walking down 
um, through my dining room into the hallway, and it's a very short hallway, you know, it's just a couple steps. And out of the corner of my eye, I look into the back bedroom where I've seen, you know, a couple strange things. Cats. <laughs> it was a, it was, all I saw was a pair of, like, brown pants with brown shoes, and that was it. There was no, it was just, like, the legs, and they were, like, wide leg trouser-type pants and brown shoes, and I just saw out of the corner of my eye, and I looked over, and I was like, I don't even want to look up. I didn't even want to look up because I was like, I can't deal with this right now. I was so exhausted <laughs> that I was like, I can't even deal with this ghost right now. <laughs> just went to bed. I was like, oh, I'll deal with you later. Yeah. But it was the weirdest thing because it was just the legs. There was no top to it. Mm-hmm. It's taking too I much energy. Like yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've heard so many stories of people seeing, like, the top half of spirits but the reason was was like walking down the road the road was lower at the time oh like, so now the roads like, are higher and they see just the top yeah. half of the ghosts because the ghosts are still in their time that mm-hmm. happens in gettysburg a lot yeah because of like you know the roads being paved and stuff i don't know fun stuff i had a we were down in pennsylvania and the the only time i've ever got scared Except exactly. for when a cat comes walking, walking in. Yeah. Um, is we're in Pennsylvania, and there's a place called the Black Cross. And what this is, is during the yellow fever epidemic, a lot of the immigrants that worked in the fields down there passed away because of the yellow fever. And the church and that wouldn't allow them to be buried anywhere. Because they weren't Catholic. Yeah. Hmm. So one of the landowners offered up portion of his land to have these people buried and they erected a big black cross which is made out of railroad ties Hmm. and now you go there and it's basically just a five gallon bucket filled with cement flipped over that's the memorial now because everything else is gone and there was like a three foot stump type tree with a red ribbon tied on it and I turn, I'm looking at the stump, I turn away, and I turn back, and it's a guy standing there. And I can see him in my mind right now. He had, like, these brown, um, like, wool pants on with a red shirt, and he had real pale skin. And it almost looked like he was coming out of the woods at me. Hmm. And I freaked he literally jumped, and I've never seen Joe, Joe's very mild manner. He says nothing gets <laughs> nothing him. scares me. Except he literally cat. jumped up, like I just jumped up with this. Yeah, jumped <laughs> when he saw this. And that's the only time I've ever been scared. And literally, my adrenaline was pumping for a good half hour because imagine just all of a sudden somebody coming out of the woods at you. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know it there, and then all of a sudden turn back into a tree. It was the freakiest thing. But that was really the only. Besides a wall falling on me and stuff like that, and seeing a white bat in a in the bone house, we all saw that. The, there's a house here in Toledo that's literally full of bones. Every board that they take off the wall, bones fall out of. Wow! And um, it was yeah. a ritual house for Santeria. Oh, okay. And we were there one night, and the guys remodeling the house and put windows in, but the windows didn't really fit. So there's a gap around all the windows. And I made the comment. I was like, I'm surprised there's no bats here. 
And just as that happened, a white bat come flying above all our heads. Wow. And we it don't was, have white bats. Yeah, no, it no. Like, it was huge. Like three, at least a three foot wingspan. And like, there's no white bats in all Ohio. All of us just freaked. Five of us ducked because it flew over our heads. Like the white I'm bat like, from Ace Ventura that's too. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, and it was weird because I mentioned that. And all of a sudden, we saw this thing, and we all looked for it. Couldn't find nothing. Yeah. And it wasn't a dove, wasn't a seagull, you know. Right. I mean, we all saw it, yeah. plain as day, and freaked us out. But those are kind of weird things that happen to us. We have we have weird stuff happen all the time. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it sounds like it. Just a little say, bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the white bat. I wouldn't even know what to do. No, I, well, I'd do what they try to do. I'd be like, that's coming home with Justin. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that in black and white. I'll join that to All the, other the animals. zoo. Uh, yeah. So, Jennifer, th- that predator-like thing you've seen, have mm-hmm. you ever heard about, or I guess, I don't know, some people call it like the Glimmer Man and stuff like that? No, I haven't heard of that. So that's kind of exactly it- what people describe it as. And a lot of times, I don't know, that's one of the ones that really freak me out because people, a lot of people believe that it's government people mm-hmm. testing technologies. Uh, there's a really famous story with a guy, his German shepherd would keep alerting to something in the house and then he would see the glimmer. Well, then he pointed a gun at it and told it to get out of the house and he could hear it walking and then open and close the door. Oh. So, well, they, Sorry. Very interesting you say that, because Joe and I were just having a conversation. I was trying to tell him, and you, maybe you've heard of this, that, I don't even want to say scientists, I don't know who developed, somebody developed this blacker than black Yeah, ultra fabric. black. Yeah. There. And who's to say they couldn't create a fabric that just reflects the environment where you wouldn't see it. Oh, no, we or have that. They? Yeah. Like we have, the yeah. invisible cloak in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we actually, it's used to, so you can buy a commercial version used for turkey hunting. I just said. It's called Invisiblines. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you literally, it's a little fabric canvas you carry around and it warps the, the view to the sides. So oh. you disappear in the middle. Uh, I think I just sent you a link not just recently about like this uh, camp or uh, stealth suit. Yeah. That refracts like light around yeah. you or something that you can buy. You can go online and buy it right now. It's like fifteen thousand dollars, but you can go online and do it. So yeah, that technology, yeah, that technology exists. But a lot of the glimmer man seems that when they get caught, uh, you can they they seem to be like there's actually a person there. Because okay. I can't, there's a handful of stories where, like, when you point a gun at them, they'll leave. And hmm. if it was more of a not fully there thing, you know, why would it be care? Why would it care? Yeah. Right. Uh, That's interesting. I had one night, and this is so weird. I heard a man's voice in my house, and it was so. It, I was sitting on the couch, and it was like they were either on my front porch or inside my house. And it's weird because I have a, a thick storm door and then, you know, my house is brick. So it wasn't like that sound could travel and it was clear as day. And it freaked me out so bad that I, at 1230 at night, because I was sitting there watching TV, I called my friend Sarah, who's a badass. And, <laughs> uh, 
and she's also uh, has you know psychic abilities. And I'm like, you got to get over here right now. I just heard a voice in my house. I don't know if it's somebody inside, outside. I was shaking. I was so scared because I was like, and I normally hear a lot of sounds outside. So, you know, I'm used to like the neighbors who are always out on their porch or whatever. This was different. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how in the world do you hear something like that? Uh, You know, like how is this possible? And that mm-hmm. kind of goes along with what you're saying. You know, somebody could be in your house. You see that shimmer effect. You don't know they're there. Maybe they accidentally, you know, say something. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the most bizarre thing. Hmm. So that means that you're... Because it had, you know, had emotion to it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, oh. Well, that means you're Break just on to the right stuff. Because now the government's watching you you're inside on the list. your house. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, it's because of the podcast, sure. Yeah, there you go. That means you're doing good. Uh, when the yeah. government actually has a guy standing in your house, you know. That means you're, you're hitting... Well, he better be single and 51 and have a job because... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, when I heard you describe it, that's exactly how other people describe the Glimmer Man. And some people mm-hmm. even kind of lump that maybe some types of the shadow people are the prototype of the suits. That they may be wearing. Okay. Uh, it's more of a breaking up the pattern of a person versus actually making a person disappear. But like like Jay is saying, like these suits can literally make you look like you're not standing there. These invisible blinds you can buy and stuff like that, they warp the images around you. It, that's it's, so weird. It's crazy. Like, and that's, like a Camille. Yeah, you can go to Amazon and buy that. Let alone what, you know, somebody like the government, what version they have, you know. You can yeah. go on to harrysarmysurplus.net right now and buy a 12,000... Free plug, Harry. Uh, ...GI Gen 6 Nano Photonic Refraction Stealth Operator Suit. There you go. Yes, folks, go up on the site and use the coupon code cryptids <laughs> of the right. so yeah. that they can Get your $10, their $10 off. off. Yeah. $10 off a $15,000 suit. Exactly. Yeah, they get, they get their 10 cents in royalty for it. <laughs> <laughs> the creepiest thing I think you told me personally was you seen a clown? It, yeah. So I, I clearly saw it. It had glasses. It, it had like a, not a real wide grin, but a real, it, it wasn't a smiley, weird grin. It was like scary. It wasn't and it this was guy, standing right? There. No. Just making sure. No, it was more, it was more, it was more human-like. Like it wasn't like, I don't want to say, it didn't have like full clown makeup. It was, I don't know, but it was standing there and it was, it scared crap out of me i was like i'd be burning the house and it didn't go away did it have you know like it had like um balding on the top and like hair on the sides so it looked like a teletubby yeah but it wasn't like you know sticky outy like this it was more just like like, bad hair day bozo yeah like more (laughs) just like a dude and i was like i had to blink because i was like was it red hair do you remember yeah, he was red hair. Hmm. Red hair, glasses. Um, I don't know. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe I'm like, what's the thing where you're um, lucid? You dreaming? know, you have like sleep 
paralysis. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thing. Mm-hmm. It, but it wasn't because I woke up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could move, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, then it wasn't sleep paralysis. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. If you move yeah. at all, it's not sleep paralysis. Or like a fever dream. That was really, really weird. I don't like ghosts. And I don't like clowns. I'd be burning the house down. I've heard. I know. I think stories uh, of like, uh, I think I think it's Mayan or some South American tribe ha- talk about like, uh, not alien beings or like godly beings, but almost they almost describe them as like interdimensional beings, and they do resemble like clowns, like what we oh, think yeah, modernly as clowns. They even have yeah. there's some pictures and stuff that they've drawn, but it's got like the you know the oversized lips, you know, it looks like clown makeup. The Usually yeah. something around their eyes, you know, how they would do their makeup. But, like, the red hair was always the common thing, too. Yeah. The picture I yeah. showed you was the sundown clown from England, uh, which is an interdimensional creature that was kind of masquerading as a clown for kids. Oh. Yeah, terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, sto- it, the story itself wasn't that terrifying. No, the, t- the story's fine. It didn't do nothing to the kids, and it said, no, we're, t- we're terrified of you guys. Yeah. It's, it's a good story. We, we did it on our Patreon page. That was a fun one. Oh, cool. And it might be my favorite, like, one-off cryptid type thing yeah, we've one covered. Off, one-off thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The clown. Is it sort of like, sort of like Spring-Eye Jack? Spring-Hill Jack? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, kind of. Where we... We don't know if he's cryptid or alien or... Or a rich man. Yeah. Or something, yeah, even else entirely, a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 a lot of people believe that Spring Hill Jack was a, a ghost-like entity. Really? He liked grabbing boobies, though. Huh. Oh, really? That was his whole thing. Where, where was that at? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, uh, he could jump over fences, he shot blue flames out of his mouth. And he could grab boobies. And he loved beating up the cops. And that's why a lot of the people, until he started getting a little handsy, really liked him. Hmm. <laughs> he would, like, run up and slap a cop and run away. You give him an inch, he takes a mile. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. what, would, what would happen if it was a woman cop? Would he slap and grab? This was oh, the early 1800s. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, they didn't exist Women yet. weren't allowed out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Man, just trying to keep us down, right? Mm-hmm. And I am glad when we leave. I'll trade spots all the time. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. we got to wrangle the cats. Go yeah. <laughs> but it was great talking to you. Yeah, this has Finally. been a, a great discussion. Yeah, a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I'll have to do it again soon. Uh, again. That was, that was good. We're going to have to get together one of the conferences. I know you guys are going to be in Hocking Hills. Mm-hmm. So we may be down there visiting. We're yeah. not going to be vending. But, but um, we got to make it down, though, at least once. Yeah. It it's going to be a ball. If you make it, it we'll see you there then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just look for the crowd of people and yeah. push through go. and find you guys. There you go. <laughs> we'll escort you to the front. There you go. We'll, yeah. we'll send our people. P.I.P. Yeah. We'll send our little colonels. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Right, it's well, been so much fun. fun. Guys, this was fun. Um, hope you guys enjoy our stories. We definitely enjoyed yours. Oh, we did. And, uh, yeah, and um, give everybody your uh, website. Or where they can uh, listen to your podcast then. Uh, so we're pretty much on all the main podcast platforms. I can't think of anything we're not on. Uh, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Facebook's really our best thing. We give away stuff there all the time. 
Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cryptids of the corn, and there is an S in that. Make sure you type and in I cryptids see it live all the time too. Yeah, yeah. on Facebook. Yep, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We do Facebook lives pretty much every Tuesday morning, and then we try to do one through the week in the evening. Awesome. You guys got to do the same for us, though. Yeah. For our show, we're the 2 to 2 Paranormal Podcast, where you are pretty much everywhere also. And uh, our show comes out every Sunday at 2.22 p.m. Oh, nice. Um, (laughs) We have a back catalog of over 320-some shows that you can binge listen to. Mm -hmm. So you've got over 320 some hours that you can listen to us and get really, really tired of us. <laughs> People, let's not give them nightmares. <laughs> but we enjoy the show. We just, we have a lot of fun. Um, we are serious about what we do and what we talk about, but we have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Good. That's the way it should and, be. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And next time we are at the same conference together. We need to get tables next to each other so we can do podcasts all day long. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Agreed. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks you. Thanks you. Thanks you. Thanks you you guys. Thanks you. you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you later. All right. right. You've been listening to cryptids of the corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.